Welcome to Shipwreck Sunday, where we investigate disasters at sea and the impact that they have on the world today. My name is Eleanor. Today, we will be discussing the SS Shadyside, a paddlewheel steamer and Hudson River cruiser owned by the Black Star Line that sank in 1922. Before we dive in, I must inform you, this story does include details of a maritime disaster resulting in the loss of a vessel, racism, discrimination, and death that may be disturbing to some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Please note before I begin that I am not a mariner or expert in the field of maritime history, but I have done my research and will present the information as I understand it and with accurate nautical terminology. In today's episode, I will be including the basics of nautical terminology in the description for anyone who needs it. In today's episode, there will be some research that is contradictory since we are once again untangling the Black Star Line's business dealings, and I will be transparent when the details are fuzzy. There are already fuzzy details in this story. I have to be real with you guys real quick. There's two endings to this ship's story. So when we get there, we are going to explore them both, and I'll give you my take on what I think the truth is. Usually, the truth lies somewhere in the middle. With that, we'll get right into SS Shadyside. SS Shadyside was a sidewheel paddle steamer built sometime in 1873, though there isn't details on an exact date. She was built in Bowles Ferry alongside the Hudson River, just north of Weehawken Port Imperial. She'd later be described as, quote, one of the handsomest passenger boats on Long Island Sound in her later career, and judging by paintings of her, she did seem like a gorgeous ship. As for her characteristics, we don't have much to go on, unfortunately. She was a wooden-hulled inland boat capable of carrying 600 passengers in 1880, though this capacity would be increased in 1899 to 700. SS Shadyside's vertical beam steam engines were made by Fletcher, Harrison & Company, which is currently W&A Fletcher Company, and they powered her two side wheels. She was 168 feet and 1 inch long, with a beam of 27 feet and 5 inches wide, a hold depth of 9 feet and 5 inches tall, and she displaced 444 gross registered tons, with her net register tonnage being 329. According to depictions of her, she had one black funnel near the bridge of the ship, and she was painted white, with her name painted over her side wheels. She wasn't always owned by the Black Star Line. Originally, SS Shadyside was owned by the Morrisonia Steamboat Company, as she'd ferry passengers to Upper Manhattan and the Bronx on the East River. Later in her career, she'd also run passengers to Stamford, Connecticut and Fort Lee, New Jersey. Along this route, she'd make several stops at Shadyside, yes, that's a real place, as well as Gutenberg and Tilly Tudlam. She'd have a decently successful career until the new elevated railroad would make her uneconomical and she'd make one last run to Harlem on July 4th, 1880. SS Shadyside has a difficult history to untangle, but one thing that is for certain is that she was involved in two accidents in the fog. In both of these accidents, the other ship involved was damaged. SS Shadyside would cause one accident and be involved in the other. The first of these accidents was in mid-March of 1875, when SS Shadyside struck a tugboat named Mary and sunk her. Mary had been backing out of a slip between piers on the East River near Corlears Hook on the Lower East Side. As a result of this, George F. Townsend, the presumed owner of Mary, sued Morrisonia's Steamboat Company and was awarded damages in May of 1876. Presiding Judge Blatchford found that the tug was entirely innocent and had yet to emerge from the Jackson Street Pier when SS Shadyside came blazing out of nowhere 
going far too quickly for being this close to the pier and struck the tug. It's unknown if there were any fatalities in this incident, and her other accident would take place later, and we'll get there. For now, let's look into a different part of SS Shadyside's career. From day one, SS Shadyside butted heads with other vessels on her route for monetary glory. She was the fastest ship of the Morrisania Steamboat Company, and because of this, she was frequently involved in races against the Sylvan Dell, the fastest ship of the Harlan Line. This rivalry was fierce, and the talk of town, and the captains of both ships went to great lengths to win these races, sometimes taking enormous safety risks. One such event took place in 1875, when the Sylvan Dell had a piece of oak strapped to her to prevent Essa's shady side from passing her. We don't know where this piece of wood was, whether above or below the waterline. Sylvan Dell was captained by Captain William Weatherwax, and Essa's shady side was mastered by Captain Charles G. Tennant at the time. Captain Longstreet, who was the superintendent for Morrisania Steamboat Company, took the helm of Essa's shady side to get back at the Sylvan Dell. He'd had enough of this silly oak beam and was fixing to take care of it. One morning in April of 1875, after taking the helm of the ship, he swung her around and knocked the beam of the Silva and Dell, with the passengers on board SS Shadyside cheering and crying out with glee at their inevitable victory. However, the New York Times rightfully condemned this behavior as dangerous horseplay, and at the end of the month, Captain Longstreet's license was revoked for 30 days because of the stunt. Both of the other captains, Weatherwax and Tennant, were censured. Weatherwax was censured for continuing to operate the Sylvandel after there had been numerous complaints about the beam on the ship, and Tennant was reprimanded for remaining at the helm of SS Shadyside while Longstreet performed his stunt. It's unclear what happened after that. The New York Times spoke of SS Shadyside once again in 1881 when they reported that the police were interested in purchasing her for the 24th Precinct. It was stated in the article that, quote, she cost $83,000, was sold to the steamboat company for $58,000, and the amount now asked for her is $38,000. It will cost about $3,500 to fix her up, and the police flag can be transferred to her in the early spring. Let's translate that into modern numbers. So the ship would cost $2,415,113 today rather than $83,000, and it was sold to Morrisania Steamboat Company for $1,687,669 today rather than $58,000. The amount they were asking for her would be $1,105,714 instead of $38,000, and it would cost about $101,842 to fix her up instead of 3500 That's an expensive steamship, and quite the investment for anyone. The mortgage on SS Shadyside would be foreclosed on in 1881. For anyone unfamiliar, foreclosure is the action of taking possession of a mortgage property when the mortgager fails to keep up their mortgage payments. It's like repossessing a car when someone fails to make payments on it, or evicting a renter who fails to pay their rent. During 1882, SS Shadyside ran regular routes between Pier 3, the North River, and Tompkinsville, Staten Island at half price. It was only five cents, or $1.45 in 2023, for the trip. Because of this vast price decrease, SS Shadyside became very popular, and this sparked frustration from the Staten Island Ferry Company, who complained about the price undercutting. 
An investigation was opened, and it was found that SS Shadyside had not only been slashing the price of their fare, but had also been operating without a ferry license. The case was then brought before the New York Supreme Court, and they ruled against the boat's operators. They were enjoined from running the Pier 3, North River, and Tompkinsville route entirely, and this injunction would be re-ratified once more in July of 1882. A month later, in August of 1882, SS Shadyside was busted once again slashing prices on their fares for yet another route, this time between New York and Yonkers, a city in Westchester County, New York. Once again, the fare was more than half of what it usually was at five cents. Typically for this route, the standard fare was 20 cents, which would be $5.82 in 2023. This sparked a heated battle between the owners of SS Shadyside and the two firms which ran the other ferries on that route. These ships were the Riverdale, the Christine, and the Caroline A. Peen, and they began blocking the docks where SS Shadyside usually docked and tossing her lines into the river. The bitter dispute didn't stop there, however. There were even reports of passengers of SS Shadyside being assaulted. At some point, a fence with a locked gate was put up to block the SS Shadyside, but passengers simply hopped the fence and boarded the ship anyway. The other operators figured that the SS Shadyside had to be operating in a financial deficit, and at some point she'd run out of business. However, Walter H. Shoup, the operator of SS Shadyside and manager of the Columbia Line, claimed he'd already taken the matter up with the Yonkers Police Court and that SS Shadyside was acting well within her rights. Newspapers would later report that the strategy was so immensely successful with SS Shadyside that the Columbia Line could not keep up with demand, so they hired a larger ship in September of 1882 to keep up with it. They hired the Americus, and she had a capacity for 1,500 passengers. Mysteriously, this ship was owned by a secret society of sorts that had around 800,000 members, and they called themselves, quote, the Sons of Columbia. They chartered Americus to the Columbia Line for about $160 a day, which would add up to be about $4,655.64 a day in 2023. SS Shadyside had been working on the Delaware River between Wilmington, Delaware, and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and running at a financial loss when in June of 1883, when the captain took the ship from her wharf with no explanation. It was like a carjacking 1883 style. There was a wanted notice on the front page of the New York Times shortly after, and it was assumed she had been taken to New York. It's unknown what the outcome of this boat jacking was, where they found SS Shadyside, or when she was found. It's also unclear what happened to the captain who took her from the wharf. Either in 1886 or 1902, sources differ. SS Shadyside escorted passengers between New York and Stamford, Connecticut, and she dutifully continued to do so up until at least 1910, though it is possible she continued this route up until 1921 as well. There's a lot of fuzzy facts here, so it's difficult to untangle. Before that, however, she would be involved in her second fog accident, as we mentioned earlier. On the morning of October 21st, 1894, a heavy fog lay over New York City, and during this fog, at least four ships ran aground due to the horrible visibility. Of the ships driven aground, the largest, carrying 150 passengers, was a wooden sidewheel steamer named Drew, and she ran aground at Washington Point at roughly 7.40 a.m. It tore a large hole in the bow on the starboard side. However, the passengers were able to disembark safely by gangplank, and there aren't any reported deaths, thank goodness. Where was SS Shadyside? Well, she showed up when the tide rose and towed Drew off the rocks to the dock. 
After this, she continued her service between New York and Stamford up until either 1910 or 1921. Around 1921, Marcus Garvey and the Black Star Line scooped up SS Shadyside and a second steam yacht, the Kanawha, for $200,000, which would be about $5,819,549 in 2023. SS Shadyside was in rough condition and completely oversold, which would only add to Black Star Line's financial problems. If you saw the episode on SS Yarmouth, then you know how Black Star Line's finances were clearly in the red and they were running themselves into the ground with bad business practices. The Kanawha, which was renamed SS Antonio Maceo by the Black Star Line, was also in rough conditions and would actually blow a boiler, resulting in the death of one unlucky man. SS Shadyside would take what was called the Cruise to Nowhere on the Hudson River for just one summer before sinking the next fall because of a leak. Or at least, that's one of her endings. She'd assumedly be refloated later, because she would be abandoned on mudflats at Fort Lee, New Jersey in 1922 after Black Star Line ceased sailing that February. After that, we don't know what happened to her. I personally believe that she both sank and was abandoned, though I don't know what to think of her fate afterward. It's hard to say. As we know, Marcus Garvey would be convicted of mail fraud and Black Star Line would fall, fading into history. President Calvin Coolidge actually deported Marcus Garvey back to Jamaica in 1927 after serving a five-year prison sentence. Black Star Line's losses were estimated at between $630,000 and $1.25 million, which is between $11,129,888 and $22,083,110 in 2023. Unfortunately for SS Shadyside, her career matched her name quite well. It was quite shady, and the business practices associated with her seedy all around the board. However, it doesn't change the fact that it was still owned at one point by the first black-owned shipping line, and that's pretty cool. Thank you for tuning in to Shipwreck Sunday. If you liked this episode and you're listening on YouTube, please give us a like, leave us a comment, and subscribe to our channel. If you liked this episode and you're listening on Spotify, Samsung Podcasts, Amazon Music, or another podcast service, please subscribe for more content and leave us a five-star review, as it does help us reach more listeners like you. If you have any ships you'd like us to cover, please leave us a comment and you might hear your favorite ship here on the podcast. Check out our community tab for updates and to interact with us. And don't forget to check out our second channel, Speed Force Media. Tune in next Sunday for the story of USS PC-1264, a submarine chaser that was known for having a predominantly African-American crew. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.